God bless the city of Rock Hill. Rock Hill is such a special place. You're going to know Rock Hill from more than Football City USA. Pathways, Indoor Center, Knowledge Park. It's just a wonderful time to be in Rock Hill right now. The city of Rock Hill is one of the only destinations that fully gets it. It builds world-class venues that are better than anywhere in the United States. Hello and welcome into the Rock Hill CityCast. My name is Matthew Cray alongside Ashley Studebaker. And today we have two special guests and I'm not going to try and introduce them. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. So go ahead and tell us who you are and what you do. Hi, I am Sierra Hughes and I am a member of the Community Relations Council for the City of Rock Hill and also chair of the Black History Month uh, program. Awesome. And so you're to my left and over to Ashley's right... Hi, I'm Gladys Robinson, and I am from Rock Hill, and I currently serve as the chair of the African American Cultural Resource Advisory Committee. Awesome. And so what, what I would love for both of you guys to do is to tell the story of how you got from where you grew up to Rock Hill. Yeah, I you go I'll first go here. first. Okay, <laughs> I am originally from Chester, South Carolina, which is pretty much just right down the street. Um, I grew up in Chester all my life, went to Chester County Public Schools. Um, afterwards, I went to the Claflin University in Orangeburg, <laughs> South Carolina. Um, I did relocate out of state to Virginia for a couple of years. I call it my mid-20s crisis where I said, <laughs> hey, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be here? And long story short, um, I knew I always wanted to work with kids, so I decided to relocate uh, closer to home because I am the baby. I'm a daddy's girl. Uh. <laughs> and so um, I went to Winthrop, got my master's in school counseling, became a school counselor. And most recently, I was a uh, elementary school counselor in Chester, South Carolina. I mean, not, well, Chester, South Carolina, but Chester County School District. However, um, when I did come back, of course, Winthrop is located right here in Rock Hill. And I decided to make this my home because it was just in a good place. It wasn't too big like Charlotte. It wasn't too small like my hometown. And I could go either way. Most of my friends are in Charlotte. My family's in Chester. And um, I just thought Rock Hill was a good city to grow in because it's a growing city. And um, I just uh, I, I just like the pace and everything about it. So it wasn't a strange place and I already knew it. And um, I'm actually on CRC because part of that is because I wanted to explore Rock Hill a little bit more since it was my home. All right, Gladys, what about you? Well, I'm a native Rock Hillian. Uh, for those of you who are familiar with Rock Hill, I grew up in the um, Flint Hill community. And with the exception of the, the time I spent uh, away in college, uh, this, this has been home for me. And uh, I did my undergraduate studies at Johnson C. Smith University in Charlotte. And I did my master's program at Winthrop University. And I did my specialist degree at USC. And uh, I did my doctoral studies at Nova Southeastern University in Fort Lauderdale. My daughter always kissed me. She said, Mommy, most people collect plates and spoons, but <laughs> you tend to collect degrees. And I said, well, you know, you, you can look at it that way. Uh, but anyway, I retired in 2010 from the Rock Hill School District. And at that time, I decided to pursue a passion um, that I always had, but it just never taken on because I was so involved in so many other things. And that passion was just knowing more about my community and getting involved in the collection of the history. I knew bits and pieces, but I never had really just really dived in there and just seriously looked at all, how all of these uh, pieces connect. 
And, um, you know, people through this journey that, that I've been on since 2010, people say, well, how is it that, how did you get so involved in, in, in studying and in, in wanting to be in, uh, study more about the history of Rock Hill? And I have to attribute that to my, my father and to my grandmother. And with, my, with regards to my grandmother, I lived with them until I was almost 12 years old, from the age of two to about 12. And my grandmother walked all over town. So I was always right at her side. Wherever she went, I went. And we usually end up sitting on porches talking about different things. And never in my wildest dream did I ever think that those little nits and bits of pieces of information that they, the old folks talked about on the porch would make that type of impression in my mind and, and spark that interest. And with regards to my father, my father played uh, baseball. Or at, the, at that time, baseball was the sport uh, about town. And uh, my father was the pitcher. So we traveled all over York County and Chester County and Lancaster County. So once again, that added to that, that spark, that interest to know more about, um, you know, all that was going on about me. So in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's who I am. Cool. So at a very young age, you began to be very passionate about just the history here in Rock Hill. Just listening, just listening to my grandmother and, and her conversations with, with other people and, and the fact that the back in the day, uh, we didn't have a car and we didn't have buses. So living on Flint Hill and where Winthrop is located now, it was not uncommon to get up early in the morning with her and just walk all the way that distance and spend the day with, with her friends and then come home before it got dark. And uh, just that, it took me out of that little comfort zone, so to speak, of just my community and sparking that interest in what else was around me. Now, Sierra, you're on the Community Relations Council. What role do they play in the Rock Hill community? Uh, well, the Community Relations Council mission is to promote respect, appreciation, and understanding of diversity amongst all people. So we try to focus on like positive human relations, uh, reducing discrimination, um, seeing how we can respond to the needs of the community, um, and also just advocating for everybody. Um, we do focus on three particular programs throughout the year, and I'm not sure we may speak about that later on, but um, that's the role that the CRC plays in Rock Hill. And, and Gladys, remind me, the was it a, a board you said you were on at the beginning? I, cur I currently serve as chair of the African American Cultural Resource Advisory Committee, and this committee was formed in 2012. And um, the sole intent at that particular time was to pull together a, commu a committee um, to work toward establishing something to place in that space where the, uh, the monument is now to just kind of brainstorm about what can we do to um, commemorate the, the events that occurred in that area. And, um, and as you can see, uh, the, the, the thought process and the bringing together the minds, so to speak, um, resulted in, in the monument that is there now. So um, for the, uh, your council, can you kind of touch on, I know you mentioned the three programs. Can you touch on those three programs that you mainly uh, focus on? Yes. So one is the Race Equity Month. 
Um, and we pretty much try to have various activities and events and programs throughout the uh, entire month. And I believe that's September. Um, also, most recently was the MLK event. Of course, the pandemic has shifted a lot of things mm -hmm. at how we operate, which is kind of why we're here today. Um, we're doing things a little bit differently for Black History Month. But um, the MLK Junior event, and I do want to recognize, since I have the opportunity, our winners again from our essay contest. Um, the title of the essay contest was, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos Our Community. And our second place winner was Gabriella Roman Martinez. And our first place winner was Jada Jones. Both are seniors at Rock Hill High School. Um, respectively, uh, Gabrielle, Gabriella is 17th in her, I'm sorry, she's first in her class. Wow. And Jada's 17th, so that speaks Very for itself. Incredible. Yes. Um, also, our Dream Keeper winner, our recipient this year, was James Thompson. He's the author, poet, and co-founder of Big Woo Radio. And he's also on the advisory board of HOPE. Um, and then our third major program that we do for the year is the Black History Month program. And typically that's held in the city chambers uh, here. And we do an in-person event and we have the youth involved in some type of, um, in the program in some type of way. We have a speaker. We recognize different people throughout the community. Uh, we, we did do that virtually last year, but um, we wanted to try something different this year, but we definitely hope to next year get back in person because it's just it's just everything you know is better in person. About in person yes. right it's just so much impactful and it's just it's just different but um those are the three main programs that we uh focus on but we do do other things and we partner with different organizations in the community as well throughout the year do you, do you and Gladys ever work together? Actually, this is our first, first time. time. Really? Yes. I would not have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. Very cohesive. I know. It, actually, that's how it was when I first contacted yeah. her. Um, she I'm was, it felt like I was, right, it felt like I was talking to my grandmother, to be honest, because oh, I, I don't that. have any living grandmothers, mm -hmm. and it was like I was talking, actually, it's like I felt like I was talking to my great-grandma, her name was my Maddie, mm -hmm. and she was just oh. so sweet and welcoming, and we and we even text like Miss Gladys is okay. on it. Like All she's right. quick with it, so she's got yeah. it going on. Well, I appreciate you saying yes. that. So Gladys, uh -huh. the uh, you said you guys helped. Was it the African American Business District Monument? Well, there are two. There are two areas that okay. we need to focus on. The the first one uh, was the African American Business District Monument, and um, once upon a time. <laughs> Uh, back in the in the early uh, 60s before the urban renewal project made its way through this area there was a very thriving african-american business district located on this on that site but as a result of the urban renewal project all of those businesses were torn down between 1965 and 1971. it was the heart of of the community especially the african-american community and uh, there was just this this feeling that if something isn't done, that part of our history will be lost. So the um, the monument is what you see there now, and the businesses that are uh, there are panels for many of the businesses that once uh, were there. Of all the businesses that once existed there, the only one that is still in operation is the Robinson Funeral Home, and it was established in 1911. And at that time, it was called the uh, People's Undertaking Company. But many years later, when the business was moved to 
where it is now at the end of David, where Dave Lyle and Pond Street and Hampton Street all come together. It's in, uh, in that area. Um, before it moved there, the business had, as I mentioned, on, on Black Street, and it was operated by first Miss John May Robinson's husband, and then after his death, she took over the business, and then later on after her death, uh, her, her nephew, John Ramsour, uh, took over. Um, they celebrated their 100th anniversary in 2011. Oh my gosh, wow. And of all the businesses that once stood on that site, uh, after the urban renewal project, only four were able to survive and move to uh, other locations. The uh, mini grill was opened up until about maybe three or four years ago. And um, after Mr. Uh, George Thompson died, his daughter took over the business, but she also passed at that time, and so that business closed. So it's important for us to have something there for people to have a greater appreciation of, first of all, the, the strength of the African-American business entrepreneurship um, within, within this community and how important it was for that, those businesses to be there because after urban renewal, and just in my opinion, I just don't feel that the African-American community has gotten back to the level where it was in terms of entrepreneurship that it, it was at during you know during that time the, so um the african-american business district monument um i know going there you could stand there for hours and, and maybe not it, even get done and read all <laughs> reading everything okay. yes so i know it's on the corner there uh, dave lyle, dave lyle and, and black street correct so i feel like though a lot of people probably drive by and don't even realize that they're driving by it so what is it that you or others do to bring that recognition that that's really there and it's a huge educational piece. Well, you know, that's something that that we need to do a better job of promoting and bringing the uh, monument to the attention of the community because um, the fact that it is so, it is very visible. You're right, a lot of people do pass by and never, never stop. And um, you would think that it, it, it's, it's easily accessible, um, but that doesn't seem to be the, motiv the motivating factor to get people actually to the site. So that's something that we really need to do our homework on in terms of uh, getting the, the, the community more engaged in the monument and the information that it shares, because there's a wealth of excellent information. There is one business that was um, Susie Hinton's father, actually ran and the first business his family's established in that area was I, I believe in 1909 so it it, it went way back mm -hmm. um, but I, like it's, it's, it's the case with all of us it is a part of our history that is slowly that was slowly fading away because the, the ages of the individuals who were connected to the businesses we had that younger generation, but they're just not as aware of the significance of the history of that area, you know, as the older members of the family. And unfortunately, we have not done a very good job of passing on our history to the younger generation. Now, you said that that was one one piece of two that you guys focus on on your the, board? Uh, we are currently... Um, I don't want to use the term overseeing, but for lack of another term at the at the at the moment, the establishment of the uh, 
Williams Ivory Cultural Center, okay. the African American uh, Cultural Center, that will be located. That is located on um, Main Street, and we had an unveiling of the uh, sign on December the 16th, I believe. But we will have the official opening of the Cultural Center at, at a later date, because as you know, uh, something of that magnitude, it takes time to pull all of the pieces together to make it a reality. And uh, granted, there, there are a lot of moving pieces. What is it, the Williams Ivory, Ivory Cultural Center? It will, the focus will be on the African American, the history of the African American community, Rock Hills community. And uh, at, we saw that as a need because granted, we, we, we talk about the sh- uh, Rock Hill being inclusive, which it is, and we talk about um, diversity. But when it, in in our opinion, when it came down to the sharing of the story of the African American community, we just felt that uh, not enough had been done to spotlight and make the community aware. Yes. All history is important, but you got to, you have to know that the history is there to understand and appreciate the value of it. If you don't know it, how can you appreciate it? Mm. So that edu- educational piece for you is so vital. Um, yes. And it's why you're passionate. Yes, yes, it is. So we have the African-American Business District Monument. Mm-hmm. We have the Williams Ivory Cultural Center. And then um, the, just right behind counter, Freedom Walkway, uh-huh. and the Jail No Bail uh-huh. exhibit. Can you kind of touch on that or if you had a kind of major piece in what that I is? served on both of those um, uh, committees. And um, uh, Brianna... Uh, Francis, Francis, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. She's a fireball. Um, <laughs> was the facilitator. She pretty much yes. pulled everybody together. But um, I would encourage anybody, everybody in Rock Hill to go down to see that exhibit because it is awesome. And, um, you know, we've all heard about the, the Friendship Nine and the sit-ins in 61. And then this, the story stopped. Mm. You know, it's like they went to jail. The next thing we heard was they got out of jail. But what happened right. between all of that? And that exhibit had brought to light what those 30 days of jail time was like. It, it is a powerful uh, exhibit that I just, you know, I, you can't walk away from it not having some kind of feeling mm-hmm. about all that took place. What do you feel like the Friendship Nine and subsequently that exhibit mean to Rock Hill? Well, not just to Rock Hill. I think, you know, to the nation as a whole, that movement, Jail No Bail, started here in Rock Hill. And it's quickly um, spread across the country because the system that had been in place before was really a source of revenue, you know, for the system. And when they put the foot down and said, we will, we will go to jail before uh, we pay the bail. That, I, I, I just don't think people really understood at the time the magnitude of the impact that just those few words would make on not only Rock Hill, but the country. 
I think it's important to realize the civil rights movement wasn't just here in Rock Hill. Obviously, it's huge, and the Friendship Nine was a very integral part. A very, in a very key part of it for that with that movement. Uh, Sierra, th- those are some ways or that diversity is represented in the community now. What what do you guys do as the community relations council to promote diversity? Um, I guess I could go back to some of the um, events, especially like Race Equity Month. We've done some different things. And again, we do it differently, a little differently during the pandemic. But like in the past, we've had roundtable discussions. Um, we've after actually talked to Mr. Willie McLeod. But the, is McLeod, uh-huh. I'm thinking about. He was one of the Friendship Nine. Yes, we uh-huh. talked to him at Winthrop before and had a discussion with him about the Friendship Nine. Um, we also try to be reflective of diversity on the committee, on the council itself, um, be, the makeup of the members. Um, we invite any and everybody from every walk of life to get involved if they can, because um, sort of like what you said, if you if you don't know about something or you're not aware about something, you have to include it. And um, we, we can't, that person who's representing that area that we're not aware of, they have to, you know, bring that diversity That's to right. the council and make everybody else aware, aware. so that we can spread that education. Uh, what has the council done over the past seven or eight years to impact the Rock Hill community? Okay. I've been on the council maybe, I believe, three years. Mm-hmm. Um, everything has been a blur the last two, so it kind of <laughs> runs together. It's been pretty together. crazy. <laughs> so I can't, like, separate everything. Um, But one of the things I think that drew me to the committee um, was one of my goals for that year was to be more involved in the Rock Hill community because I lived here, but my heart was still in Chester and I was still doing different things there. But I wanted to be actually a part of Rock Hill. So I wanted, and I'm passionate about people getting along. I like to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I looked at the council, the council's listed on the website, I was drawn toward that one. And I saw they had an opening and I talked to someone who had served on it before. And I thought it would be a good fit. Um, I will say the count in the council, everybody works as a team. It's a very easy council to work with. Um, probably the easiest group of people <laughs> I've ever worked with. Everybody's pretty much on the same page with willing to help each other. And we try to do those same things through the programs and events that we offer the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've lost sight of your original question again no that's fine I, so the the two questions the first one I asked is what in what ways do you represent promote diversity in the mm-hmm. community and then the second one is if you have any uh things over the past seven years since the council okay. was created that you can point to and say you know we accomplished that or we did that yeah it's i, Nick, I think it kind of goes back to our three main programs there are they are all very successful, highly attended. Um, I know the MLK Interfaith Prayer Breakfast, everybody mm-hmm. looks forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I attended my first one the year before last, and um, I was just blown away by the program in itself, mm-hmm. the speaker, well the planned. attendance, um, the fact that they include the youth and they do an essay contest. They also award them a scholarship. Um, the Omega Chapter of Rock Hill does that. Um, so I just think that those are our key standout programs, even with Black History. I just took that on the year before last. Um, that's always just been a personal passion of mine. Back to spreading awareness. I think that you have to understand where you come from in order to know where you're going. Mm-hmm. And um, 
with black history, I think it gives us a moment to shine the light, go back and shine the light on a different moment in time mm -hmm. and make people aware of people and things and places that they didn't know about before. So I would say those are our key um, projects. Also, we recently did a mural in downtown Rock Hill. Um, I think we've actually done two two murals, um, and we try to include artists from the same community. Um, we have a diverse background of artists who come out from all walks of life, um, African-American, Caucasian, um, maybe Hispanic. We have, um, and you know, we in every activity, we like to be inclusive of all and have different types of people working together for one common goal or mission to spread a, a message of unity. So the, oh, Go ahead. Um, so the Rock Hill for All and the No Room for Racism mural, you guys play yeah. a, a big part in that. We did, we helped to orchestrate it. We um, okay. got in contact with all the artists um, and we just made sure that those um, murals and the vision of the murals were fulfilled. Some of them took longer than others, but you know, we got it back around to actually making them come to, mm. to pass. I, I did want to, if I, if I can, go, go back to something Ms. Gladys said. Um, when you guys asked her about bringing about awareness of the African-American uh, Business District Monument, like we see it and people pass by it, and um, that's the whole purpose of this year's Black History Month program, is to bring awareness to these, um, these monuments and exhibits and things throughout mm -hmm. Rock Hill that people may not stop at all the time. They might not know that they're there. They mm -hmm. might see them and wonder what they are. And if I could reiterate, um, not only that one, but uh, the one she I just mentioned in the William Ivory Cultural Center, the Jill Nobel exhibit, Freedom Walk Way, but we also have uh, the only uh, HBCU here in Rock mm -hmm. Hill, which Clinton is Clinton College. College. Also, um, it's not much still there, but Freedom College, you still have, yes. you know, the artifacts of where that college was located, as well as Herman Presbyterian Church. So those are the seven places that we are encouraging people to visit and learn more about. Um, also, I know I Dream Kids, they have a scavenger hunt with a lot of the places that I just listed and they promoted on social media for kids to and families to actually take a scavenger hunt around town to learn about those places. Oh, wow. um, I think also just the growth of downtown Rock Hill will maybe, you know, because it's growing and more people are coming downtown, when may, maybe more people will discover the monument. And um, I thank Ms. Gladys. No, I wanted to, to mention you, you talked about the children with the scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that we uh, have created are sites that um, we have a map of the various sites that, ha that spotlight um, business, not only um, African-American uh, businesses, but uh, just various homes mm -hmm. uh, uh, that are no longer in existence. But in, I was thinking about with your scavenger hunt, uh, maybe we'd get together and talk about how we can contribute additional information. Uh, because uh, just one business that I'm thinking about is the Carver Theater. And that was the only, uh, it was built very specifically for uh, the African-Americans. And I think it opened in 1947. And it was the black folks movie theater, the Carver wow. Theater, and it's still in existence. Mm. And, it's and it's across from the, uh, the, uh, Ivory I mean, the Williams Ivory Culture Center. And then right down from that is the oldest uh, formal business that is owned by the Player family. It's a two-story business. 
and it was one of the first business, businesses uh, established in that community. And Brook and just the name Brooklyn alone, most people don't know that that part of town, that area of town, just like you have Sunset Park and Flint Hill and Board Hill, that was the Brooklyn community, and uh, it's it's located on that corner. You mentioned Clinton College and Miss Scott. I, I don't know if you ever considered adding them, but the original Emmett Scott was a Rosenwald school. And so that, that should invoke that interest in, well, what is a Rosenwald school? Rosenwald schools were built through a collaboration with Booker T. Washington and Julius Rosen, uh, Rosenwald for, for, uh, for black children, simply because of, the, of their concern for the conditions uh, under which uh, African-American children were, were being educated in churches, uh, the arbor schools that were in, in the fields, where, wherever they could find a spot. But just by introducing them to Emmy Scott and that term Rosenwald, you, you open up a whole new window yeah, right. of, of information. Or Herman Presbyterian Church, I don't know if that's on your list, but Herman Presbyterian Church was the uh, church where Reverend Cecil Ivory pastored at for a number of years, and I think only now the community is becoming aware of the impact that Reverend Cecil Ivory played on uh, the part, his role in the civil rights movement, not only through events that happened here, but also impacted other parts of the country. For example, people don't know, many people don't know that there was a bus, a bus boycott in Rock Hill in 1957. Um, that there, the, the Friendship Nine is 61. If, when you ask about our history, nine times out of 10 people, I know about the Friendship Nine, mm -hmm. but you ask them about the bus boycott or the Freedom, the freedom Riders coming to Rock Hill, there, nine times out of 10, maybe one person might know of bits and pieces of any information at all. So aside from just having additional areas that could be added to your scavenger your, your hunt mm -hmm. uh, and that's and that scavenger hunt is actually by i dreams it's an organization here in rocky or i dream kids okay and so they've uh and i actually visit their facebook page and it's, okay. it's easy to find their scavenger hunt it's a document and they encourage kids and families to you know just That's go awesome. around Rock Hill mm -hmm. and discover. And some of the places that you mentioned actually are on that okay. list, aside from what I mentioned. Okay. So it's a That's very great. good inclusive list, and I encourage everybody to any and everybody to actually go do the scavenger hunt. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, we clearly know that there's the more well-known monuments, Freedom Walkway and such here in Rock Hill. But, I mean, just what you touched on, I think there's probably so much more uh, recognition that Rock Hill should do. Mm -hmm. But as far as the black history and the and the black excellence that's here in Rock Hill and just um, recognizing that, where do you feel we are at in that and just the progress of, of getting people to understand the importance of that? I think we, over the course of the past few years, we have come a long, long, long way. We still have a long ways to go, mm -hmm. but um, a great deal of progress has been made. We're on, we're on the right track. Now, will there be some information about the, whether it's the Freedom Riders or the bus boycotts in the uh, Ivory Center yes. that's coming out? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it, very much like the, the Jail Nobel, it's a sit-alone exhibit on its own, you know, yep. and and that will be the case with the uh, 
the Freedom Riders um, project. And as you know, that will be located somewhere on the corner of Oakland Avenue and at Black Street. And I don't know how much you know about the Freedom Riders, but they were they passed through Rock Hill in 1961, May of 1961. And through one of the uh, MLK breakfasts, I think it was maybe 2015, maybe for a little bit further back than that, the gentleman uh, who attacked John Lewis actually apologized to him but Rock Hill was the first site where the Freedom Riders actually uh, were attacked. And um, I, I guess I need to back up a little bit. Uh, who were the Freedom Riders? They were a group of, I call them children. When, I, when I, I look at how young they were at that time, even with the Friendship Matter, the, the children, mm-hmm. um, uh, th- their intent was to uh, desegregate the interstate bus line. And, that's, and they were successful in, in doing that. Uh, But along the way, there were quite a few trials and tribulations, so to speak. But Rock Hill was the very first place where they were physically attacked. And then I think also, so you have a big part in this honor to Freedom Riders. You're working... Uh, I'm not not taking credit away. Oh. (laughs) Stephen Turner is the, the, the... spearheading this effort but as is in the case uh, with your committee that different people mm-hmm. from you know our chairperson <laughs> cynthia Weir is uh representing the crc with that project yeah and i just i want to ask you gladys in terms of seeing younger generation and an older generation and just seeing you know the work that's being done mm-hmm. with the relations council mm-hmm. what does it mean to you specifically or both of you honestly to continuously bring recognition to black history here in Rock Hill? Are we talking about just for the month of February or just black history period? Black history period. Okay, good. Because <laughs> for uh, me, I think it goes, it's well, much more than that, just February. I want to be sure I, I was answering your question correctly. Uh, it's very important because, it, you know, there, as the old cliche uh, has, has been said, that how you, you can't appreciate where you are until you have an appreciation of where you've come from and what and, and what your ex- experiences are. Maybe not you per se, but you as a, as a, as a people, as a culture, as a race. Where, what, what have your past experience, what have they been? So, and, and I think that's a big part of what our children are missing. They don't have that appreciation. So I feel like as adults, we have a responsibility to do our part in, in educating them. Mm-hmm. As, uh, about these factors and I guess just to piggyback on that um they don't teach black history in school no so it like (laughs) Miss Dr. Gladys Robinson stated it's up to us to educate everybody else because if we don't keep it in the forefront it's going to be forgotten about um so I guess you know I'm on the younger side i'm not yes, gen z or is it z now i'm gen x so i'm not as You're still a babe <laughs> yes <laughs> but um i just think black history is important because it's such an integral part of our community yes. our nation our world um and i just don't think it should be forgotten about it should be included oh, focused on one one month out of the year yes um i think without black history there would be no history mm-hmm. um because you know african americans black people have played an important role in building this society this country this world and um i think for younger people it's important for them to assess 
if, you know, what our forefathers and mothers uh, paid for, are we really showing appreciation for that? Are we really taking advantage of the progress that they made? Are we really paying homage and saying thank you for your dedication, your Mm -hmm. blood, sweat, and tears? Um, I am now a byproduct of you, and this is what I produce. This is what I'm contributing to the community. This is how I'm making the world better. So um, it's important for me to be educated. So as a younger person, I appreciate these efforts because they make me aware. They make me more uh, conscious and more appreciative of black history. And me being a black woman, you know, I just appreciate that. And to, and to add to what you, you just said, for me, the authenticity of the story is just as important. Um, and I guess I'm going to leave that where it is. <laughs> Is there anything else that we missed or that you guys would like to add? No, we're fired yeah. up. <laughs> Just keep I, like I could talk to you all day. All right. Just keep them going. Awesome. Well, Gladys Sierra, thanks for joining us today and, and sharing a piece fun. of your story. Yeah, it was it. our first podcast because yes. she was like, I was like, Miss Gladys, I really don't know. She was like, I don't know. I said, well, we're in it together. It flew by, didn't it? <laughs> right. I know. I know. <laughs> and I think it's important to notate. Thank you all for what you do here thank in the community you. I, as well. I love yes. what I do. I love It's my contribution back. We all we all should yes. take on the responsibility of making our, 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 our community just a little bit better. And this right. is my contribution. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.